Honestly, that's the, that's it. That's the <laughs> Take counts, Dave. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going to do 10 minutes of power. We've done grace. Yeah. We've done identity. We've done community. We've done formation. And now it's 10 minutes of power. Woo! <laughs> I am a little bit obsessed, Thursday, when we um, ever get to have a fire. I, I just love fire. Does anyone just love fire? Yeah. Yes. Seriously, something about it. It's something it, like it, it kind of draws you to it. It's it, the, the warmth there that it gives off. It, you, you kind of got to respect it as well because you can't get too close or it'll, it'll burn you. And it's this thing that it, it can't be controlled, but it can yet be contained for for a purpose. And oh, I, just, I just love this a dream one day to have a house with the head of fireplace. So I just, just every night, all through summer. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but this picture of fire, it's, it's, it's a picture of actually of holiness in the Bible. And Paul starts this letter in Ephesians saying to, your translation might be say, say mind to the saints in Ephesus, but that word saints is holy ones. The holy ones in Ephesus, the ones with God's fire. And this picture of God's fire is a picture of holiness right throughout the Bible. You think of Moses coming into the, this desert and there's this bush burning nearby. And God speaks to him out of the bush and says to him, take off your shoes, this is holy ground. And God reveals who he is. This fire is a picture of, of presence. It's a picture of power. It's a picture of holiness. And you see it when the Israelites go through the desert and God leaves them at the night, doesn't he, by a pillar of fire. It's God's presence, his power with them, his leading of them, his holiness. You see it. When Elijah goes up Mount Carmel and there's other gods that are trying to compete with the, the one true God, and, and he, Elijah says, okay, we'll, we'll put a sacrifice in the altar and whoever's God brings down fire, that must be God. And God shows himself by fire, his holiness, his power, his presence, his faithfulness. You see, in, when the temple is built... And that holy of holies in the middle of the temple, God reveals himself there in his Shekinah glory, this picture of fire. You see it when Isaiah, the prophet Isaiah is called, and he's one of unclean lips. And there's this burning coal from the fire brought to his lips, and it doesn't burn his lips, it sets him apart as holy for God's purposes in the world. And you see it, don't you? in the tongues of fire at Pentecost, when the Holy Spirit is poured out on all people, a picture of setting apart everyone who turns to God for His holiness, for His purpose, to have His presence walk with them, to know His power in their life. Fire is a picture of presence. It's a picture of power. And Paul, throughout this book, he knows this. The number of times it says power, I don't know if you noticed in the reading we just had, he's always constantly talking about power. And what he does is he constantly goes to prayer because he knows 
that power comes through prayer. <coughs> so if you want to know God's power, then you, know, you need to talk to Him. You need to, to, to speak to Him. Prayer is the only way to know God's power. It's the only way to know God's presence by experience and not just a promise in your life. You can know God's presence as a promise, but unless you pray to Him, then you won't know it as experience. There's a story of, of Mother Teresa one time when there was this reporter that, that came to, to her and just chatting to her about what she did. And this reporter said to her, what do you do in, in the morning when, when you get up? And she said, well, I pray. And he said, okay, cool. So what do you say when you pray? And she said, I listen. <laughs> and he was like, oh, okay. Well, so what does God say to you then? And she replied to the reporter, and she said, he listens. And I think that is a beautiful picture of what this relationship is. And I don't know if that reporter actually understood what she was talking about, and he stood there a bit baffled. And she was like, sorry, if you don't understand what I'm saying, then I can't explain it to you in any other way. And this is what we have been doing here this weekend. I kind of, I feel so privileged because I I think we've just created a sacred space. Created this space for God to move, to show His power, to see His holiness, for us to be changed into His likeness. And Paul, as he comes to Ephesians, just, he can't stop praying, it seems. He starts as, you know, grace and peace to you from our Lord Jesus Christ. And then he launches into a prayer. What we talked about on Friday night with grace. It's a, it's, a, it's a song of praise. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And he tells us who we are. What God has done for us. The grace is poured out in the eight verbs of grace. Identifies who we are. And then straight after that, verse 17, verse 15, he starts praying again, basically. He says, for this reason, because of what God's done... I heard, since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and your love for all the saints, I haven't stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. He prays. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. That's what prayer is about. You may know him better. And I love this. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. Number one, that you may know the hope to which he has called you. This is what God's presence and power does in our life. It gives us hope. It allows us to know the hope, the future, that the future is bright. The hope to which he has called you. Secondly, to know the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, where we are going, what he has given to you and what he's promised to you. And thirdly, to know his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly realms, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be the head over everything in the church, which is body, the fullness of him who fills everything in every way. Paul just, he just has to pray, because he knows that's where the power is. 
And then we, he, we, as, we, as we step through, you know, we, he talks about who we are, who we used to be, and who we now are. The fact that we're brought together. And then he talks about his role in that, what God has called him to, to encourage the people. And then he starts praying for them again. He says, for this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. And I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the saints, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love, not just by knowledge, just by understanding, but by experience, to know it, that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. My experience of being changed into Christ-likeness, being changed throughout my life, my experience has always come through times of prayer. It's always been a time where I've just, whether consciously or not, I've just responded to something that God's put on my heart and I've gone for prayer and something's shifted. A lot of the time I can't explain it. But it's because I've gone to God and He's spoken something to me or reminded me of something or reshaped my desires or done something in me that has then changed the course of my life. And that's what I want to say to you that Prayer is the only way to live this out. The whole stuff we've been talking about this weekend. Unless we're praying people, unless we're people that want prayer, then we can't do it ourselves. Verse 17, Paul says, being rooted and grounded in love. That word rooted, our word radical, English word radical comes from that, radical comes to this word rooted. I want to say that it is a radical thing in our day to be a person who is fixed and faithful and grounded that forms habits based on what we know we should do, not based on what we feel like, and who takes responsibility for ourselves in relationship. It's a radical thing to do. You know, our society says that we should do things based on what we feel like doing or what is convenient for us. And the reason why our society says that is to say that, that is what freedom looks like. That's how you become free. I just, I think it's a lie. I just don't think it's true. Because I have had times when I've tried that and it doesn't work. I know it by experience. And I also know this by experience, that when you do live out what God says, and that is where you truly experience freedom. This writer, David Foster Wallace, puts it like this, and I think it is just a stunning, stunning way to put it. He says the really important kind of freedom involves attention and awareness and discipline and effort and being able to truly care about other people and to sacrifice for them. Over and over, in myriad petty little unsexy ways, every day. And I don't think that you can do that 
unless you go to God, unless you have His Spirit. Because that's what freedom is. That's what freedom looks like. I don't think you can do that unless you receive what God wants to give you through prayer. And so my encouragement to you in this session is this. Take every opportunity given to you to receive prayer. Not just today, in life. If there's ever a call to do some prayer, say yes. I want God to speak to me. I want Him to shape me. I want to show Him things I'm blind to in my life. I want Him to form me into His likeness. I want to hear Take every opportunity to receive prayer. Claire and I were in a prayer triplet with John and Tars Lamerton and a few other guys. And that is a priority in our lives. To set aside time to be with people, yes, the community. But it's also time to pray to hear God speak to us through other people to receive. And you know, when you think of prayer, you might go, see, I can't see my own for ten minutes to, to, to pray. Well, stop being so religious. Sit with somebody else and pray. Can you hang out with someone for 10 minutes? They just sit with them and talk to each other and say, can we pray? Like, maybe that's a better way to do it than rather feeling like we need to do it in a certain way. And so I'd say the other thing is, take every opportunity to receive prayer and take every opportunity to pray for us. But if you see something, just speak something into their life. Like, let's not have to close our eyes, but just call out what you see in somebody else. Take every opportunity pray. God's power, His fire, His presence comes through experience of Him through prayer. And that will lead to your freedom. Amen.